Welcome to Nerd vs. World, episode 25. 20,000 nerds under the sea. I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And I'm Aidy. And we are joined via the magic of Skype by the wonderful Professor Elemental. Magic Hello! Of Thanks for having me. Two, two tins and some string stretched all the way down to Brighton. <laughs> You've already seen my computer, haven't you? That is pretty much what I'm working with here. <laughs> Good oh. evening, sir. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. Yeah, things... Things are going well, despite the inclement weather. Oh, so you've been in... swept off into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> so far, no. I'm quite enjoying it. I quite like it because it's all cosy. It's all cosy. You don't, and there's no pressure to go outside when the weather's crap, crap like this, is it? You can just stay inside and do podcasts. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> How very self-referential of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I know something about the, the other half of Brighton Pier fell into the sea the other day. I know, poor the poor Brighton Pier. It suffered so many indignities. <laughs> it's been burnt and kicked in, and now it's just falling into the sea. So I feel very, very sorry for that. I'm, if I had the money, my God, I'd make that into my personal supervillain hideout and live in it forever. I don't think there was much left of it. It'd have to be underwater. And that'd just Ooh, have to that'd be, be the way in. wouldn't it? Oh, it one day. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something online the other day. There was uh, some pictures of an underground ballroom. Did anyone see, else see that? No. It's, it's something that, that basically in the middle of a lake. It's like very, uh, I don't know if you know the game, Bioshock. Yeah. Yes. It's very like that. There's like this uh, kind of what looks like a, a pavilion in the middle of a lake. And then you go in that and there's an underground ballroom that some mad Victorian guy had built. That's oh, that, see that. And that's part of why I, that's why the professor was so attractive. It's like I've got, um, before I did the professor, I've got a book of like, you know, crazy Victorian inventions. And there are all these wonderful things that they built. Like there's, there's this wonderful thing. They built this sort of bullet shape in Victorian times. This madman built a sort of bullet and it was supposed to be like a ride, like a big wheel. And he basically just put people in seats in this great big sort of bullet type shape thing and just dropped it into a hole and that was entertainment like people aren't trying those sort of things anymore there's no underwater ballrooms and there's no giant bullets full of people firing into the ground i think that the way things are going at the moment it, it, it's entirely likely you'd see a, a kind of rekindling of that sort of thing i bloody hope so that's what i want that's what i want, I want be lovely, the all, all, all the people into steampunk these days are getting more and more kind of involved Inventive. in building contraptions and so that's forth. true actually what are the americans if they got their hands on my book i'll tell you the american steampunk said knock something like that up in no time they put us to shame <laughs> So, yeah, for, for, for the benefit of the, those who are listening to the show that, that haven't heard of Professor Elemental before, and shame on you if you haven't. Indeed. Um, it, it, seemed, it seems like it's been absolutely ages, but it was, it was only just less than a year ago that I first heard of you and first saw you at a, at a convention in, in the wilds of Wales. Oh, yes. Uh, which we'll be talking about a bit more later on. But, uh, yes, it, I, I don't know. How, how, would you, how would you describe yourself in a one-liner, one sir? <laughs> uh, I reckon it's sort of steam-powered hip-hop that I make. So I'm predominantly a musician, although it's uh, uh, spiralling off into lots of other directions. And I make uh, steampunk hip-hop um, with lots of songs about tea and trousers and pixies. I haven't done any songs about pixies yet, but it's the sort of thing I would about um 
yes, that's that's essentially. I make very very unusual music that seems to have found its niche in the world of steampunks and nerds, which is convenient because that's the world I was already living in. So. <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> indeed it does. Yeah, all of your audience seems to be very similar to to us and our friends. So that's that's kind of cool as well. Honestly, I'm over the moon. I, for for years, I was trying to do hip hop, um, and it was just it was reaching the wrong people. Nobody wanted it, and then I started aiming at things that I actually liked. Um, and inevitably attracted people that I actually liked, which is really nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, where where did the kind of inspiration for The Professor come from? Is it from your own love of that Victorian thing you were talking about? No, well, the, 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 um, there's a sort of grown-up version of the tale and a, and a more family-friendly version of the tale. Um, I can probably mix the two together. But basically, it was a, a friend of Tom Caruana who does all of my music. Um, I was just doing normal rapping. I was a normal person. And he was doing a special album uh, where each rapper was going to be over representing a different period of time. Um, and I did the Victorian one. Um, so we, we had lovely dinner of mushrooms on toast and sat in a tree all night uh, and came up with Professor Elemental um, <laughs> just to do it as a one-off track. And we did it as a one-off song. Then I did a one-off show and uh, realised that that was my calling. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, since, since then it's spiralled into everything. I mean, uh, the, the amount of stuff that you're up to these days is just insane. Yes, I keep seeing you popping up on things. I've like, been carried away, to be honest. Well, I like that's brilliant. You, like, you've seen YouTube videos and comics, and you, you did uh, an, an appearance on Phineas and Ferb, of all things. <laughs> Honestly, as a, and, and particularly as like a real cartoon nerd as well, like the going going to Disney last year and and trying to contain myself and trying to pretend like I was a professional and not constantly sort of biting my fist and going, oh my God, look where I am. <laughs> it, was, it was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. Yeah, so uh, and also I believe you're back in the studio at the moment recording. Yes, yeah, I'm. I'm I've just done a um, a lot. I wanted to do a nice big dancey project. So I'm doing so many shows. So I wanted to do something that was based around just a nice light party thing, and it's called the Giddy Limit um, because <laughs> that's, that's what my grandma used to say to me. You are the Giddy Limit. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> so yes, that will be out hopefully in the next few weeks. And and also, I've I've seen you uh, asking questions around uh, some some time travel, time travel uh, yeah. <laughs> things, which uh, I can only assume is is going to be a, a follow up. Well, yes, absolutely. Like I've, I'm I'm starting to get to the stage where I'm sort of I've got too many ideas, so I'm planning further and further ahead. I've got albums mapped out till like bloody 2017. Um, but at the end of Father of Invention, my last album, Jeffrey, my monkey butler, stole my time travel trousers and is lost in time. And because I'm a co comic book continuity freak i can't leave that kind of thread hanging for too long so i i have to have an album i'm going to do the album that i always plan to do with tom where you know there's uh, rappers and different musicians representing different periods of time and i'm going to uh, seek him out but i'm going to do that later in the year so i shan't worry about that now <laughs> yeah marvelous uh, yeah the the the, uh, the time travel trousers they, they sound suspiciously like a time machine that we all know and love yes <laughs> it does it <laughs> you can't do something about time travel without a bit of that in it, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned there about comics, which is great, because that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I know you're a big comic book nerd. Oh, oh yes. Uh, so <laughs> there's been a lot going on recently in in terms of comics with uh, kind of uh, the, the whole Justice League thing starting coming up on the big screen and the small screen at the same time. And then, of course, there's all the Marvel Avengers and all the cinematic and TV universes. Uh, are, are you are you following much of those? Do you have, what are your thoughts on, on where things are going with those? 
oh yeah no it's all it's, I'm like, on the one hand I love it because it kind of keeps comics but comics are kind of a dying medium <laughs> until in, in terms of like the traditional superhero comics you know the audience is getting old and the new ones weren't jumping on so there's elements of it that I really love in that it's keeping them in the forefront of pop culture and all that kind of stuff and a Justice League movie is going to be amazing at the same time it has it's it's meant that the narratives of like superhero comics have taken a real battering and you can read you know when you read a mainstream DC or Marvel comic they're all based around you know, I read I read some some of the Jeff John stuff recently, and it was such a kind of by the numbers. Well, we're going to do this story, which leads you makes you read that, and then that's going to lead into the crossover. And of course, that's been going on for a long while, but it seems ever more cynical and ever more directed from above to kind of well, you need to have this, this, and this character in it doing that, that, and that, which I think does have a bit of an impact on the on the sort of narrative side. Well, I'm really into um, uh, image comics at the moment, just like blown up with all kinds of crazy, brilliant things. That's where all the good stuff seems to be happening. Anything in particular? Um, there's uh, Pretty Deadly. Like, there's a Western one called Pretty Deadly. There's an Ed Brubaker um, written one called Velvet. Like, it's a it's a spy comic um, about a Miss Moneypenny type character who turns out to be like the best spy in the world. And they're both characters with really good, strong female leads, which is, a, as you know, a rarity in comics. Mm. And of course, you've got things like The Walking Dead and some of their more sort of traditional stuff. So, um, I, and the night. About reading something, you know, the stuff in Image Comics is you don't have to get a big, silly old crossover. I'm tired of crossovers. I've done too many. I've got crossover fatigue, and I hope other people stop buying them so we don't all have to kind of get things like Forever Evil and all the rest of it. Yeah, because I've got it. most of Forever Evil, but now I'm missing a couple of bits, and then they're, they're stopping some of the comics. Suicide Squad's stopping now, and then they've got to start up something else. Every time I start getting a comic from DC, they cancel it. Yeah, well, that's the downside of them being so brutal. I, honestly, I, I have to say, I've completely given up on DC. I've got, I've got no time for it. Ever since the New Fifty Two, I was one of those sort of grumpy old men that went stomping off, going, "Well, you shan't have any more of my money. I shall see what Marvel are doing." And Marvel are still doing good things. Like Thor is really amazing, and Daredevil's super, and Captain America's great at the moment. So I reckon Marvel, Marvel and Image are running things. DC need to sort themselves out. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I wish I could, but I, I, I've only just got my daughter into collecting comics, so she collects Supergirl and Justice League. So. I can go with it then. That's absolutely that's what you have to do. My my um, five year old has just started showing an interest in like uh, some of the female superheroes, and my god, I'm nurturing that as much as I can. Absolutely, <laughs> she realizes this. Dad likes it, so it's not cool. So at the moment, it's fine. That's exactly. I went back and uh, I bought um, off eBay. I got uh, the whole run of Power Pack. I don't know if you remember Power Pack. Oh yeah, perfect. I got the whole run of that for her, and she read it. She's like, "What children can be superheroes too?" I was like, "Yes, they can." <laughs> There's a lot of them. Good idea. I'm totally stealing that. That's brilliant. Actually, they should, you know, Marvel and DC are a bit missing a trick to some extent because now all of the parents of the comic readers, they should be doing stuff that we can give to our, our children in that respect. I suppose there are kind of kiddie versions of things, but I don't know. They, yeah, there's, uh, there's more potential there. Power Pack. God, I never thought I'd say that. Well, indeed, yeah, I, mean, I, I remember reading Power Pack when I was a kid because it was a secondary strip in the Return of the Jedi magazine. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, yes. So, yeah, because when you're when you're a kid reading British comics of of our sort of age, if you're in your sort of thirties, late thirties, the sort of comics that you got were not always the ones that you would have chosen. Like I remember reading loads of, I think it was like a, it was called Strike Force Maturi. It was a sort of new universe thing that was in the back of Transformers or something, and it was really sodding grim, man. It was really hor- I would never have chosen to read that as a child, but it was quite good. It was, yeah, it was so dark. Quite a few of the Marvel UK ones were really dark, like uh, the Warheads. Yeah, yes, that was, and and you know, I remember, I I really remember Grant Morrison's first story for Marvel was a Zoids comic, and it was <laughs> yes. messed up. Like, it was a really dark, typically Grant Morrison. Like, they were playing chess, and maybe they'd already died, and da da da. And I was like, I thought these were little wind-up robots. It blew my mind. I'd completely great. forgotten about Zoids. I used to have some of them. Mm. They were shit. They were. They were, they were, they were very shit. shit wind-up things. <laughs> They were they were sort of very British, to with, with a little. They're sort of like robots, but you have to put in a lot of effort and get them. And what was with the little things that you put in them? It looked like Tweaky from Buck Rogers. <laughs> God, I, I want. To, I suddenly want a Zoid. <laughs> <laughs> that's my midlife crisis coming through. Honestly, oh God, that's right. You, I'm used not to have to, you used to lift up their heads, the heads, and you put and little, little Tweaky, yeah, tiny men. You put in them. I remember that. They were. They I'm all doing the actions, like even though tweaky. no one's ever going to be able to see this. But I am. Yeah, me too. Oh dear Lord, that takes me back. I've yeah. still, I've, I think I've still got a few up in up in the attic with my Transformers. See, one one moment I think <laughs> like, oh, I'm cutting edge with the comics. I'm talking about the new Image comics and great female leads. Really, give me two minutes. I'm talking about Zoids. I used to have <laughs> desperate. But but speaking about the kind of strong female characters and things, have you heard about the the new uh, Marvel TV series that's being done through Netflix? Oh no! Tell uh, us about that. It's that there's like uh, I think it's at least three different. Um, uh, there's there's uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil. Oh, I love a Jessica Jones. She was like that Alias comic was amazing. It's one of my favourite runs ever. Exactly. That, that's one of the things we've been continually talking about the last sort of oh, really? episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it's building to a. It's four character-driven miniseries leading mm-hmm. to a Hell's Kitchen sort of mega series see finally you see even you think that like tv and film would have learned the lesson and then they put out shield and you were just like no you haven't learned it we don't care we want superheroes that's all we want we about your friggin' relationship give us some superheroes so finally it looks like they might have learned that lesson from us nerds well yeah i think we're, we're, we've we've ranted a lot about agents of shield in that the, yes. the, the kind of the two main characters are basically blocks of wood with no backstory yeah, that's not that's not the move, is it? They kind of you know they'll learn slowly but surely. They kind of it learning. is getting better. In its, in we its do defense, we now we run popular better. culture, and that's a beautiful thing. Like there was a time where we had no say at all, and all we had was like a crap Punisher film. And now we kind of we you know they people do they realise that we've got money to spend, and they, they do listen to us to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean that, that that's something again that we we've spoken about on the show before, and I know this is a route that you've taken yourself, which is the crowdfunder approach. Yeah, honestly, I just I, it's it's wonderful, and, and and there's no way that the professor. I, I was going to do this in character. I've obviously completely slipped out of it. Um, sorry to disappoint anyone who was hoping for the professor. He seems to have gone, and there's only me left. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's no way the professor would have possibly existed without the kind of culture that we're in now, without YouTube and crowdfunding and all those things. You know, no one would have given me a record deal, and still wouldn't in a million years. <laughs> So it's really nice. I think that gives us a little bit more power, or at least the illusion of power when it comes to at least the, the sort of culture and, uh, and popular stuff that we like. 
So it was well worth me sharing with everybody all your YouTube videos for the last two years then. <laughs> as <laughs> yes. much as possible. I, I, I say that to everybody who ever says, or oh, I show my mate your video, I'm like, you are the only reason I'm standing here today. I'm like, I'm so insanely grateful for anybody who spreads the word. Well, I think it was actually me who introduced you to Simon um, uh, one evening. So, do have you ever heard of this guy? It was fighting trousers I chucked on for you. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and of course that isn't you know even that in itself you know I'm I'm completely also reliant on the person who makes all the beats Tom Caruana and Moog who directs all of the videos you know again me just doing it on my own dancing around is not that good I'd kind of need the extra dressing so yeah although the professor's going really well I'm very aware of of my reliance on the nice friends and the fan base and friends I've got around me without that I sink without a trace and go back to the call center. <laughs> I was going to say, well, if you ever need a backup monkey butler, I'm, I'm pretty good at that one. <laughs> I always need a backup monkey butler. I tell you, I work. I get through them really quickly. I dare. I'll get. I'll get you on board. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not joking. I, I, I was actually reputed throughout the bus company for about two, three years around locally as the monkey boy. <laughs> He does do extraordinarily good animal impressions. Oh, do you? Don't say stuff like that to me because I'll see you on. I'll see you at a show and I'll be like, right, ten minutes backstage. Do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not a problem. You really don't want to have ten minutes with him backstage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> maybe ten seconds. But... <laughs> yes, yeah, we're on about um, comics and stuff like that. One of the ones I've been thinking, there's nobody's really touched it, is is a pirate themed comic book yeah you're right actually there's not a decent pirate running like long running pirate comic book and they should they bloody well should be shouldn't they yeah, not, god not, did you read did you uh, like I, I got the um before watchman things yeah, tales of the black freighter i was gonna yes. say god that was friggin grim that was like every single panel had something horrible happening in it i couldn't even read it didn't even make any sense i couldn't read it but it, was, but it wasn't the pirates i was looking for i needed something different to that no that, that that's more kind of zombie pirates yeah, I'm, yes, I'm thinking like, yeah. you know, old school, swashbuckling, adventuring yes. style. Errol Flynn Errol Flynn-esque, yes. God, well, I was, you know, I haven't got plans to do another character, but if I do, maybe some kind of enthusiastic, ineffective pirate. Actually, that's, have you seen Perfect. Them, <laughs> that pirate's film? Um, oh, the yeah, Arthur an advent film. adventure with science. Yes, it's brilliant. Yeah. I, that was one of the best kids' films I've seen for a long while, and God knows I've watched a lot of kids' films. Yeah, yeah, indeed. No, I love that. I went to see that with my daughter, and that was absolutely hilarious. It was tip top, wasn't it? Every every aspect of it, I was yeah, I was on board. It was good, very much so. So yes, um, in terms of things you've got coming up, uh, live performances. Are you are you touring at the moment, or do you ever stop touring? <laughs> I never stop touring, and I don't think I ever will. I've realised that's the key to my you know my modest little. It's just to keep doing shows, and I love it, and it's what pays the mortgage. So those three things combined, I mean, that I will always do shows when they come up. And I'm very lucky in that there seems to be a nice little flow of things coming in. But at the same time, um, I've got to be careful because, you know, last year I didn't do as much actual creative stuff as I wanted to. So this year I'm going to try and get some more albums out. And I've also got a novel coming out in the summer, um, which I wrote with a friend, uh, uh uh, Nimu Brown and uh, that is going to be very fun we wrote it without really knowing what the plot was we just wrote back le letters backwards and forwards to each other in character yeah, it's <laughs> that, plot developed. Uh, also Tom Brown because uh, we, we, we had um, Jonathan Green on the show who's a steampunk author and I think Tom does a lot of the illustrations for Jonathan as well 
And he's doing the illustrations for this book, thank goodness. Like he, he did one of your comics as well, didn't he? He did. He did like the, they did the most beautiful story, and I, they did one of my. It's one of my favourite stories because lots of kids have read it, and lots of I, I watched them with the same look actually that I had when I read that Grant Morrison Zoid story because the story that they did for my professor comic, all the rest of them were like, oh, a professor goes on a wacky adventure and finds a plane, or you know something fairly straightforward, and theirs was just me up in an attic in this strange dreamlike world with beautiful illustrations and uh, it's it's confusing and lovely and just everything that fiction should be and i can't recommend their comic um hopeless main highly enough i just i absolutely love it it's good on every level yeah i, I think we missed the kickstarter on that one because yeah. i think we talked about it but i don't think any, I, I don't think we'd seen it in time and it had closed before we it got had, into yeah. it I mean, it's, it's a good one for your daughter as well because the the, the um, heroine is um, sort of I don't know maybe about a ten year old girl with magical powers and it's dark but only the sort of darkness that kids should have. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Not like inappropriate darkness, but they should have some darkness in their stories. Like the, the Neil Gaiman style yeah. darkness. Yeah, it's at the end of the lane kind of darkness. Say that again. Ocean at the end of the lane kind of darkness. Yes, that was yeah, that was a beautiful thing, wasn't it? Absolutely lovely. Where's my brain gone? Sorry, I, was, I had a train of thought there and it's completely escaped me. Don't you worry about a train. I, re I, read, uh, I read the original Little Mermaid to five-year-old Molly tonight um, and I saw a little wistful, sad confusion on her face <laughs> as I told her that the Little Mermaid, don't know if she doesn't marry the prince, she goes off and becomes sea foam. No, night. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to see the uh, Little Mermaid when you were in Denmark then? What, the, what, what the actual, actual Little yes. Mermaid? No, because I was only in the airport. Airport. I didn't even know I was going to Denmark. I was oh. very confused. Oh, okay. I, th I thought I was going to Sweden, and then I was like, "Welcome to Denmark!" Like, oh, that's nice. Look, I'm in Denmark. How lovely! <laughs> then I stumbled off to the wedding gig that I had. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that was gigs that I was talking about. Yes, so yes, yes. <laughs> sorry. So yeah, what, what have you got coming up soon? Because I, because you, you kind of, you, you seem to be do all sorts of different things. My God, I really do do all sorts of different things. One minute I'm like at a really plush wedding in Sweden, and then the next minute I'm in a, a school for young people with very severe behavioural disorders <laughs> doing a workshop. So it really is all kinds of odds and ends. The next thing I've got is um, at the Blind Tiger in Brighton. So if you're in Brighton, come to that. Um, and then lots of lovely conventions. There's a couple of American ones, um, the World West Con in Arizona and... Um, gaslight convention in San Diego so I'm very lucky to be going to those and of course a couple of British ones finally I'm going to Kitacon uh, and I'm also doing the Sci-Fi Weekender which as we know from when we met of course there last year absolutely cracking it's great fun it is where well, we're massively looking forward to going along this year so we're, we have a, a competition later on to do with that which we'll be announcing oh fantastic and of course you're was an absolutely <laughs> she was the star of the show at that wasn't she <laughs> <laughs> Yes, good old Professor Megan. <laughs> Professor Megan, she just rocked it, man. There's not many young young people, you know, it's always a bit of a dicey business getting a, a child on stage because if it goes wrong and they start crying, you're suddenly the worst person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you have trouble getting Megan off a stage. Yeah, exactly, she ran it, man. She was <laughs> well, as was proven, because after she got off the stage for you, she got back up again with Robert Rankin later. <laughs> she did, and then when I did another show that you came to, she was back on the stage again, dressed up as me. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, that that was another thing because uh, uh, do you do many of those types? Because that was the uh, your Professor Elemental's attic show. Do you do you do many ones of those? Because that was a very different thing in a theatre. No, I don't. But I've I've got. I'm really keen 
try um, some some new things that are a bit more theatre. I've been writing lots of um, sort of comedic horror stories because I'm such a big horror fan as well. I'm trying to weave some of the professoriness into all of the horror things. So I'm, I'm considering next year working with Moog on doing some radio plays that we record in front of a live audience. But, you know, it's just one. I've got a big bit of paper that covers an entire wall. It looks a little bit like the scribblings of a madman. And to an extent it is. But it's in my office and it's got like a gazillion ideas. And we just have to see which ones to actually get made. That's right. We'll, we'll just worry when you've like whittled your nails down and you're writing it in your own blood. <laughs> oh God, have you been in my office? How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> remember what that was from never mind it's a reference to something or other it is. I'm sure it'll come back to me I've, uh, I've read i've read so many things where it's up to yeah i think it's probably sandman i think it was a mm. video game and one with the, the guy who he says he could, wanted ideas so dream gave him ideas forever ideas oh god i think that might be what's happened to me too many ideas <laughs> did you go stealing de- anthropomorphic deifications again Sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there. I couldn't help myself. Actually, have you started reading the, the, the prequel that's come out for that? Yes, very lovely it was too. I could kind of do with another one now. Yeah, before, I could do it. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was back in, what was it, December that came out? Yeah, I've got a feeling it's going to be one of those comics that I read, enjoy, and it doesn't make any sense till I eventually get them all and read them all as well and go, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, when I'm, comics I'm, take too long, they just uh, you lose interest. I bought that that Jonathan Ross Brian Hitch one that wasn't very good when right. America got powers, and that, that took like fucking... Pardon my French, took two years to come out and it didn't make any sense by the time I was reading it. I'd lost interest. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the pinnacle of that one is that uh, we're going to finally get the ending of Miracle Man. Yes, won't that be a wonderful thing? Yes. And I read a really, I highly recommend to readers, uh, to listeners rather, um, I read a brilliant Alan Moore um, biography called Magic Words recently that was recommended to me. And it is absolutely lovely. It's one of the best books on comics you'll read. And it really, it sheds it sheds a lot of light on all of Alan Moore's controversies and conflicts. Um, and and is very fair as well. It doesn't say, oh, well, it, you know, he was he was a lovely man. He got it all wrong. You know, it explains that he's a very obstinate man. But it, <laughs> Really, was, I don't get that from him. Yeah, but at the same time, I really, I, it made it really made me think about the way that I do business, the way you should do business creatively. Because his whole reasoning seems to be that he will only work with people he utterly trusts. Mm-hmm. And so, if the trust breaks down, or if he feels like they they need to have a contract to to ensure the trust is there, he just won't work with them anymore because the trust isn't there. And I thought that's a very admirable, beautiful thing. That's the very essence of creativity. So I'm going to aim to do the same. Yeah, there was another uh, a documentary that I saw on on TV a while ago, which was um, Jonathan Ross in search of Ditko. Oh yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Did you see that one? Yeah, that was really good. That I was because when, when they finally tracked him down to the offices at the end, it was it was Jonathan Ross and uh, Neil Gaiman who ended up going yes. into Ditko's office. They weren't allowed to film in there, and you just saw them kind of go, "We're outside the office now. We're going in," and then they came out like <laughs> clutching comic books. You know, I've never seen mm. Neil Gaiman with a fanboy face. He just came out going, <laughs> exactly, "He gave that's us something comics." Something I've learned that everybody everybody is a fanboy to somebody. Every creative person that you admire has got somebody else that they admire. Who might not be, you know, further up the tree? They're all, all in different positions. Everybody admires somebody, and I think that's a really nice thing about uh, nerdism. The best thing about that that Ditko documentary was um, there was a little moment where Stanley was being Stanley, and there's a chink in the armor. I can't remember what Jonathan Ross said, but he said some piercing question about, "Do you feel guilty about it or something?" Yeah. And for a second, Stanley looked like a human being. <laughs> it was just looking really guilty and bad about it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I vaguely remember that. 
So, uh, having said that, now I've got, we have to ask who who are you? Who do you fanboy over? Oh, uh, who do I fanboy over? Some a, a, a mix of people actually. Some of them are like you know way up the tree. The obvious beautiful people like Neil Gaiman and um, um, you know all the the obvious writers, uh, but also people who I've done stuff with and just thought you're so amazing. Um, um, the Army of Walter Sickert and the Army of Broken Toys. I've only played with them once in America. Um, and I'm a little bit in love with them as a band. I completely fanboy over them all the time okay. and get excited when they tweet me. I, I've not um, come across them. You'll have to, you'll have to send us through some links to put in the they're show. Absolutely brilliant. I, I can't, yeah, they're 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 brilliant. Recorded. They're even better live, and their videos are superb. And uh, and also to an extent, um, Steam Powered Giraffe um, uh, in America, who are incredibly slick. And and there's a, a relatively new steampunk band here. It was a friend of mine who I've just got a bit of a just huge admiration for um, called mysterious freak show and they're a kind of rocky ballsy steampunk band oh and the men who won't be blamed for nothing the as men well. who will not be blamed for yeah. nothing they're great i've yeah. seen them they're great can't help but love them so yeah there's a i got a lot of love i got an awful lot of love yeah we, we, we had one of their tracks on a show about yeah, what six months ago i think it we was did, yeah. yeah yeah so we, we spoke with them and yeah they said it was cool to put their tracks on the show so yeah yeah they're, and they're you know as is always the way with these things tend to admire people even more when they turn out to be really lovely yeah uh, yes that's often what I have a problem with with rappers. Some of the rappers that I love most, I know if I met them, I'd be like, "You're a bit of a dick." Um, but it's when you when you have that beautiful combination of like, "Wow, your creative stuff's amazing," and also, you know, as a person, you're lovely. <laughs> that's that's the that's the perfect match, isn't it? Yeah, quite. No, I, mean, I have to say, out of bits of your show that I've really enjoyed, I really really enjoy the bit where you get all the audience just to hold up random objects. <laughs> yes. and then you freestyle that's amazing well it's an old it's a really old like hip hop trick that I remember being really like wow that's amazing but what used to ha- what always happens um, at hip hop gigs is people haven't got that much crap in their pockets they've always got their keys a lighter a phone so the, the first time you say wow you think that's amazing but the second time you think well actually you, you've obviously got rhymes for a keys wallet and a phone because that's what everybody's always got the lovely thing about doing it at nerd gigs is because <laughs> they have all sorts of interesting they've things they've got like you know Thor's hammer a mighty staff a penguin on a stick for no reason it's all a hat with lights <laughs> Well, it's lovely. It a handful of Lego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, I, I imagine you you've come up with uh, coming up against some uh, interesting things being waved at you in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and and sometimes things that floor me so completely that I'm so busy going, oh my god, I can't believe you brought that. That I I mess up my rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> And why would you want to put that in your pocket? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why have you got that? <laughs> Just because. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> But but I, I, I recommend to people, you know, if, uh, particularly those people who don't like hip hop, if you've ever seen that my show and, and like that, it's one of the finest things about rap music. And there are some, there are some incredible rappers out there that do a much, much better job of freestyling than I do. Um, if anybody's Brighton based, there's a band called um, The Spoken Heard, um, and they they just freestyle the whole show at a level that is just utterly intimidating they do whole stories and weave all kinds of different things into it so yeah i'm i'm at the i'm i'm one of the lower rung of the ladder when it comes to freestyling compared to some people okay well again we'll have to get links off you for those as well we can post them out in the the show notes for people to have a listen yeah i'll pass them around definitely (laughs) marvelous Five films we forgot. We we haven't asked you this yet because everybody who comes on the show, we have to ask them for their five films to uh, to, to give to our Nerd vs. World list of films you have to see. 
So that, that, everybody says this is a tough thing. So how did you find it? Well, it's a, it's a list that was probably very admirable up until it gets to me, and then I'll probably manage to discredit it. They'll get as far as they'll read all the films in the list. They'll be like, "Wow, all those films I've got to see," and then they'll get they'll be like, "Actually, this list is meaningless because <laughs> they're willing to put those films on there that he likes." <coughs> and, you know, at what point they, there's no no quality control? Um, so oh. films I are brilliant, and um, my favourite film in the whole world is uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, partly because of it having that clash of Disney and and Warner Brothers, which I just remember seeing, uh, just being mind blown. All the animation is incredible because it's not so much special effects, but great animation. But it also kicked off like this beautiful '90s renaissance of animation of the Ren and Stimpy's and all of the great Disney films that came after it. And Roger Rabbit kicked it all off, so it holds a special place in my heart. No, it's fantastic. As uh, uh, literally about two weeks ago, we were sat down and I was dry, uh, thinking of films that my daughter had to watch, and that that was <laughs> one of them because uh, we watched Rocky Horror, which she had to watch because it's fantastic <laughs> but weird is she knew all the music already because it had been on in the car so I figured well <laughs> if she knows the songs already she might as well watch the film <laughs> I, I was weird with Rocky Horror I hate it. Um, it, it it represents loads of things that I love and yet somehow I think I, as a, just a child my dad's always done hospital radio and I was always I always had to go along to hospital radio wedding discos and they'd always play the, the time, time warp yeah. yeah. and, and I think somehow it lost my brain and made it something I hate. So, so yeah, I, I admire it in, on some level, but I, yeah, it's always a bit lost on me. The Rocky Horror. Yeah. The, the, the other thing about Roger Rabbit is that it's responsible for the way I knock on people's doors. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's the, the shave and a haircut thing. <laughs> well, it's great as well because it's got it's got that little bit of darkness that so many films are a bit afraid to do now. I think mm. you know the villain. The villain is of you know uh, Christopher Lloyd. Isn't it's it? Christopher Lloyd. He's, yeah, he's a terrifying villain, and he kills cartoon characters by melting them in acid, which is just like that's. It gives it a little bit of uh, it gives it a bit of an extra edge yeah, to it. You did not want to see Megan's face when that shoe bit the farm. <laughs> Poor little Molly's been subjected to good and bad pretty much every animated film that's come up. But I'm saving Roger Rabbit. I don't think he's ready for that yet. You know? <laughs> well, I was going to say, if, uh, I think if there was any film off the list that involved Christopher Lloyd as a wild haired eccentric, it would have had to have been Back to the Future with the time travel <laughs> yeah. connotation, sir. <laughs> Well, even that's a bit weird. Even that's not quite right to have to explain to a five-year-old. Yeah, I know he's nearly getting off with his mum yeah. back in. Like, I'm not. Let's not go there either. <laughs> okay, cool. So, who favourite to Okay, so that's up there. Um, there's a, a probably my, and I'm afraid the rest are probably going to be very disreputable horror films for the most part. And there's a French film called Inside, um, which is horrendous. Okay, like, not one I've come across. It's absolutely the best, my favourite horror film. I, I was just, I, and, and I, I watched it about, I don't know, about 10 years ago as a real veteran of like, oh God, I've seen it all. There's nothing that can shock me anymore. Um, and it was wonderful. <laughs> I, was, I was terrified. <laughs> um, is it the, the premise, I don't even need to explain much about the premise because it's so unpleasant. The premise is it's a pregnant woman in a house and another woman outside who really wants her baby. <laughs> that's okay, that's yeah. It's horrible. That that does sound pretty nasty. <laughs> oh my god, it's wonderful. It's part of a sort of wave of French horror films. Martyrs being the kind of pinnacle of those films. 
and I've been in many dinner party conversations talking about movies we like and I started talking about either Martyrs or Inside and I've managed to completely deaden the conversation um, and I've had to go and get the dessert or something as the table sits in silence. <laughs> Horrendous thing. Here, have some pie. Yeah. Uh, I've, even, I've written a song recently that's coming out soon called We Love Horror, which is about my experiences of trying to explain the joy of horror films to the uninitiated and the terrible times I've invited people over who aren't in this little inner circle of lovers of horror. Go, no, no, it'll be fun. Come and watch it. And then I've never seen them again, like even on a social level afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. We had, to, we had a movie night on Saturday. We ended up watching Verses at ridiculous o'clock in the morning, if you've seen that. No, I haven't. What's that? That's a, a Japanese, Japanese uh, one. It's a, a Tartan, Asia Extreme one. Oh, uh, one of the... Ooh, hello. Which is, uh, yeah, basically martial arts, zombie, zombie mob film. film. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's quite a combo. <laughs> is, yeah, it's all very weird. With, with it all a takes place in the woods there. and there's demons and all sorts of things. It's a very, very odd Oh yeah, I always the immortals in it as well. (laughs) God, they really did throw it. The Japanese do that sometimes, don't they? Yes, they they do. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes they have. I've watched a few films. There was one called Uzumaki, I think, where nothing pretty much happens for about an hour, and then at the end, it's the end of the world, oh, and everyone turns into a snail and goes into a weird spiral. The end. Oh, that's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, marvelous. So okay. that's two. Uh, so we've got uh, Inside or Let In Julia. Uh, and the uh, two other ones are fairly obvious choices, but they are my favourites, so they should go in there, uh, which is Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, The Shining, just as two iconic yep. films. I you know, can't watch enough. They both they sum up everything I like about horror between them. Um, and the last one, very tricky. Oh, that's four, isn't it? I want to go for another cartoon because I don't want people to think I'm just some kind of fiend. Um, <laughs> But there is, you know, where do you go with cartoons? There are so many beautiful, lovely bits of animation. I'm not even sure. Um, I'm very keen on like, uh, very keen on Fantasia 2000. Although it's a, although it has got Angela Lansbury in it, um, <laughs> yeah, which I saw in the IMAX, and it, that was more terrifying than Texas Chainsaw. Well, I was say, if, you, if you're going to go for the live action versus um, cartoon, and Angela Lansbury's Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, isn't it? She's yeah. in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not making that one of my top five films. Well, it's <laughs> no. either. It's either going to be the original Muppet movie uh, okay. um, or it's going to be Castle Freak. <laughs> okay. You choose. Probably the Muppet movie. The Muppet uh, movie. Because, that, you know, you can't... It, it's, it's, it was filmed in the era when Muppets were at their prime. I, I just, I, you know, I've got so much love for them. They're, they're the most glorious creations. Um, I have to admit, I do love the new one. Yeah, it took me, I had to warm to it. Moog was just like all for it and there was a few things on it that I just I sort of grated on me slightly and then I just, I had to come to terms with my inner nerd and just think, come on, Paul, like, you know, you've got, you've got to, you've got to appreciate things for what they are, not live in the past. And actually it was really good. And the, the trailer for the new one looks pretty cool as well. It looks a bit, I like the madcap. I like it when it gets really wacky and that does look pretty wacky. Well, I have my reservations because it involves Ricky Gervais. Yes, yes, and he, I, I, I really, really dislike Ricky Gervais. Yeah, we, we all, we all kind of have uh, yeah. issues with him. <laughs> I was all right with him up until that program he made about the man pretending about when he was a special needs character, and it made me so cross, as particularly as someone who's worked in that field for a really long while and has nothing but admiration for the people working in it and the people you know that they work with, and I just thought that came with, from such a wrong angle. From that point onwards, I thought, Ricky, you're an ass. You're an ass. You're an ass. You always will be. Keep away from my muppets. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, okay. Let's keep with muppet. Let's keep with the muppets. We'll leave Castle Freak on the shelf. You know, some people might want to seek it out, and that's their business. 
but we're going to go Muppets for number five, just so it's not all darkness and terror. Marvellous. Uh, and I yes. think that that about brings us to a close. Yeah, that was beautiful, chaps. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry if I uh, I rambled a bit extensively. I get, to be honest, I've got no real. Fr- I've got one mate who likes comics, and and that's it. And so if someone asked me anything about comics, I would talk forever about it. Like, Dude, it's absolutely. You, you, that's what we do. That's what the say. show's about. <laughs> Indeed, that's what this whole show is just about nerding out, sir. Oh, that's nice. Thanks for having me. I feel like. I've released a lot tonight. It's been it's been super. Thanks for having me. It's been lovely. So thank you very much. Uh, we, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll we'll let you go, and then we'll, we've got a bit of wrapping up to do. So uh, yeah. So thank you very thank much. You for very much. Let me just sir. say, I better just do the plugging thing because I always forget. For the little listeners, come and see me at professorelemental.com where you can get tea and comics and stuff, or uh, on Twitter, which I sit on relentlessly, uh, and that is at uh, prof underscore elemental. And thanks very much for having me again. Thank you very much, sir, for being on the show. Oh, lovely. Two blue chaps. Thank you very much once again to uh, the lovely Professor Elemental for for coming on the show and nerding out with us. It was an absolute pleasure, sir. Uh, So, yes, just before we wrap up for the week uh, and leave you with uh, hopefully a brand new spanking clean song, Brand spanking Brand. new clean. I don't know shiny. whether it be clean or not. Shiny. shiny. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> shiny, shiny, <laughs> Brand shiny. new shiny song from uh, from the professor, professor, which hopefully he'll be sending me through tomorrow. So at the moment, I have no idea what it's called or anything, but all the details will be in the show notes. But just to finish us off for this week, uh, big news about competitions, uh, which will be going live on Friday morning. We have 50 pairs of day passes to this year's Sci-Fi Weekender. And we have a top prize to give away of uh, the full weekend accommodation, Pluto accommodation, for four four people. And all you have to do to be in with a chance of winning these lovely presents uh, is to go onto our Facebook page, make sure you've liked our Facebook page, and then enter your details there and share the Facebook page, and then you'll be entered into the competition. And it will be running for two weeks from Friday, closing on Friday the 28th of February at 10pm. So, yes, by all means, everybody, (laughs) go online, share the competition. That's how you win. Uh, So, yes, please do go on, share, win, come and see us, drink beer. Yay! All right, and that's it for this week. So, one spectacular guest, one spectacular announcement, and three... Mediocre, slightly bibbling nerds. <laughs> but yeah, you know, my yeah. brain's fried, man. It's Bring me comics, coffee, and, the, and, the, and the wonderful uh, bacon and bacon. maple cupcakes oh, that I just were, eaten. They were the best. Uh, it's probably a sugar high. Bacon. So yeah. Thank you to my wife for giving us uh, bacon and maple syrup cupcakes because they were awesome. They were delicious. Um, but that is it for this week. So thank you all for listening, and thanks once again to Professor Fundamental for being fantastic. Um, I've been Brendan. I, I think I've been spindles. <laughs> I've definitely been 80. <laughs> and until next time, you know the drill. Take care and be excellent to each other. Sir! Sir! Now, what is it, Pew? There's a ship off the starboard bow, sir. They're, they're signalling for us to surrender, sir. They want the borders. Oh, really? Well then, Pew, lower the sail. Let's make sure we give them a warm welcome. Yes, yeah. 
Your first mistake was to step upon my bow unannounced And not expect to get trounced, to get played, to get bounced I guess you felt quite brave with that swagger and pout But that behaviour gives way to a shadow of doubt Your second issue was to slight me in front of my crew That's suicide, what were you trying to do? My shipmates are committed, passionate pirates Particularly prickly with a passion for violence While you were on deck, your third issue is clear You left your ship unattended with nobody near Didn't you hear about my legendary trousers That walk me through conquest and stride over doubters This isn't just fighting a scrabbling scuffle This is capture and crush, a major kerfluffle The time for apologies has now passed No quarter given, no quarter asked I've had all I can stand and I can't stand no more Of course you realise that this means war Prepare for a smackdown when I'm back off tour Of course you realise this means war I'll board your ship and then strip it raw Spell that backwards, this means war My will is too strong, my motive's too pure No quarter given, this means war Imagine for a second you were battered like a haddock by a captain who kept smacking Smashing you and slapping and in fact you wish you hadn't It was saddening but hang on, when you came to, it was actually happening You're married to a beatdown, yield, say I do Don't try to come with rhymes, I could beat you with a haiku You've been lied to, sir. You never had a chance. How you ended up as captain must have been mere happenstance. And now your ship is burning, night sky lit with flame. Things will never be the same. You should never play a game until you're sure that winning is a real consideration. Thanks for playing all the same. I offer my commiserations. Then get this scurvy dog out of my sight. There's seven more ships we need to conquer tonight. The wind's at our backs, lads. Onwards to victory! This is my empire, my word is law Of course you realise this means war Beaten till you're broken, left bloody on the floor Of course you realise this means war Challenge me, I'll shake your foundations to the core Of course you realise this means war I have a family, sir, I beg you, no more No quarter given, sir, this means war <laughs> Have their captain scrub my poop deck I want to see my face in it to say our lads, anyone who wants to join Professor Elemental's empire is welcome. Throw the others overboard. Break open the ales, torch the other ship, and fetch me a biscuit my scurvy's acting up. Onwards for steampunk for glory!